This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Estás escuchando el episodio de del caricatura de los el nerd con dos cabezas, Matt and Joe. Welcome to the rapturous episode 18 of the Two-Headed Nerd, where we're talking comics and news for the week of Wednesday, May 18th. I can think of no earthly reason why my friend Matt Baum, who writes about and appraises comics for WorthPoint.com, should get to introduce every show, especially with this one possibly being the final episode before I'm called home to heaven. And he's left here to fight over the scraps of civilization on the burning corpse of the earth. It's a good day to die, folks. It's Saturday. Now, that was downright uncalled for, Mr. Joe Patrick, manager of Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska, an artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online. Was that a run-on sentence or what? <laughs> and I'll have you know, me and the other heathens plan on battling the seven-headed dragon that rises out of the blood-red sea to the last man, with or without you churchy types. Good luck, buddy. This week, you'll hear reviews of Alpha Flight 0.1 and Power Girl 24. We'll review ten comics so fast the speed will set your pants on fire. And then you can meet us in the alley out back, because if you've got the money, we've got the stuff. That's right. Required reading now is a drug theme, because if there's one word to describe Matt's writing, it's predictable. Write what you know. I mean, come on. <laughs> but before we get into all that garbage, we're here, we here at THN would like to take a brief moment to say goodbye to our friend, Randy, the Macho Man Savage. You gotta understand this. <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes a quitter. Nobody said life was easy, so if you get knocked down, take the standing eight count, get back up, and fight again. And you're a macho maniac. Dig it. The Macho Man is dead, folks. Long live the Macho Man. R.I.P. Randy. And now, this week's big news. Rumors are flying on the net, and Rich Johnston over at BleedingCool.com is fanning the flames as usual this week. As you may have heard, DC plans on only shipping one comic on August 31st, Flashpoint number 5. After that, mum's the word. We've heard whispers of something called The Dark with no info whatsoever behind it. And now, rumor has it, DC is planning on relaunching their entire line of DCU titles with new number ones. Joe, what the f*** is this? (laughs) Listen, I don't know, uh, but if you read that Bleeding Cool article, he kind of supports it with yeah, evidence. Yeah, this isn't just conspiracy. If I mean, you, they're laying it out. If you look at the upcoming previews solicitations for August, every storyline is ending. Every yeah. storyline. Yeah. Wonder Woman, Superman, uh, Scott Snyder's detective, like across the board, the storylines are ending. And just the other day, we were talking to someone about Batwoman and why it was pushed back suspiciously. It was, yeah, pushed back to September for promotional reasons. Yeah. And now that's totally painted in a new light. I don't know. I don't know. They can't relaunch Action and Detective. No, you can't can relaunch they? Action and Detective. That's sacrilege. Anything else in that line can be relaunched. I'm saying even Superman and Batman. There was a um, little bit of a tamer version of this rumor going around where they were definitely going to renumber some titles and introduce a bunch of new things. And maybe that's the case. And use as as an excuse. But this is like every title. It's ballsy. If they do it, it's ballsy. And honestly, I think I like it. I'm not used to DC shaking stuff up like this. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting. Uh, now, as for what the dark is that Rich mentions in his column, I have no idea. And there's no news to go with it. There's just... That phrase, the dark. So we'll keep watching. What this is one the dark? What is coming? Yeah. So definitely stay glued to THN for constant updates. <laughs> for more on the dark. <laughs> All right. Moving on. A few short weeks ago, IDW announced that they had acquired the rights to print the further adventures of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and this week they announced the creative team. 
Heroes in a Half Shell co-creator Kevin Eastman returns to the Turtles this August, not only on writing duties, but providing variant covers alongside Sam Keith and Walt Simonson. Now, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but as I recall, Raphael was cool but rude, and Michelangelo was a party dude. That is correct, sir. Yes. You know, in researching this, I came upon a picture of Kevin Eastman on the comic book database. Dot com and speaking of Randy Macho Man Savage, he looks just like him. <laughs> like long, <laughs> he's got long, like bleached out hair, and he's kind of ripped up. It was, I had no idea he looked like that. This could be a lot of fun. I the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are a property that they were one of the first things that I remember really falling in love with when I was very young and going to the comic shop. It was one of the first comic books that I spent more than twenty bucks on. Was mm. a number one, you know, it was a reprint, green, red, white, and black, or something like that, were the four colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to read a great Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I was a huge fan as a kid. Believe it or not, I have never read the comics. Really? Um, you need to revisit. They were fun. The old Mirage stuff was a lot of fun. I read I some think- of the old Mar- the Archie stuff that was more based on the cartoon, and that was fun too. But really, my exposure is mainly uh, from the cartoon and the. Uh, the cartoon the was ar- terrible. The arcade game. It was just terrible. Now, why we've <sighs> had like seven game. relaunches of TMNT, and I don't know why they've never thought to go back to the original creators. I don't know where Laird is, but... I'm hoping Eastman can bring TMNT back to its kind of violent martial arts roots, which sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud. It's not every day that dudes get excited about pictures of other dudes on the internet, unless, of course, you're a nerd. You thought I was going somewhere else with that, didn't you? Warner Brothers began principal shooting of The Dark Knight Rises this week and leaked the first image of Tom Hardy as Bane. And holy crap, is that guy stacked. (laughs) He's huge and scary looking. Uh, Yeah, it's a really impressive image. I remember when the first image of the Joker leaked. Yeah. When we first saw that. And it was just a really tight face shot. And you could see, like, scars on his cheeks. And it was just scary. scary looking. This Bane image... Very reminiscent of that. They're not giving you a whole lot. Right. You it's, can't you quite see, see back, all of him. And his head is slightly turned. You can't and he's got see his some whole mask. Face cage thing on. Yeah, it's like a muzzle. Ooh, he looks scary. He does look he scary. He looks really scary. He doesn't look anything like the Batman and Robin George Clooney version of Bane. Which is probably good. Yeah, he's not a plant zombie that walks well, around you know, the, <laughs> planting was the, bombs. Was he a plant zombie? I believe the uh, Poison Ivy made it, like did something to him that inflated and made him all big and enabled uh, her to control that's him. That's the worst. Yeah. That's the big news this week, and if you want to discuss these stories or one that we missed, hit us up on our Facebook page, where Joe and I have been espousing the greatness of clam and peanut butter pizza way before the Ninja Turtles told us it was cool. Time we talk about some comics that came out this last Wednesday. Joe, what did you read? I read Power Girl 24 from DC Comics, written by Judd Winnick, with art by Hendry Presetia. Woo! You're welcome. It's like they want us to screw these names up. (laughs) Uh, In this issue, Rayhan Mazin is an Arab-American flying from New York to Gotham City to visit his ailing father. And when his plane suffers from mechanical failure, Rayhan is forced to use his hidden metahuman powers to save the plane from crashing. Now, last-minute intervention from Power Girl and Batman caused kind of a case of mistaken identity. And Rayhan is accused of terrorism, of course. Though Rayhan goes quietly... 
Confident that the truth will eventually set him free, nothing can stop him from becoming the threat he was falsely accused of being when his father takes a turn for the worse. Mad props to Judd Winnick for not making him a gay demon, though. I mean, well, you know, <laughs> that could come next. I, I, I have I have a love hate relationship with Judd Winnick that goes back many years. He gets a little soapboxy. And you, you know, can kind of see the cycle. It's here too, you know. It's present. Uh, yeah, this is a little, uh, just a little soapboxy, but but uh, it was great, very well executed. Yeah, this is consistently one of DC's most underappreciated books, and this issue just continues that trend. Uh, Winnick has such a firm grasp of this character and has continued the work that Jeff Johns started uh, way back in his JSA days to elevate Power Girl beyond the ridiculously proportioned caricature that she used to be. Yeah. There are some great scenes here between Batman, this is Bruce Wayne, and Power Girl. Uh, Power Girl has kind of set up her secret identity. She realizes now she, she's she got to keep her two lives separate. She wears a red-headed wig. Yeah. No yeah. one's going to figure that one out. Uh, and she's got glasses and the whole deal. It's, sure. It's fun. She's wearing glasses. How could you possibly tell who she is? <laughs> but, you know, since Bruce Wayne is a businessman philanthropist and uh, Karen Starr, her secret identity is a philanthropist and she owns like a science uh, research kind of company they are sort of like apple computers is what it seems like they've got like an iphone they release well yeah but they do a lot of like sciencey stuff not just um technology i'll have you know that apple has been stealing technology from aliens for years now (laughs) (laughs) so uh, bruce wayne and uh and Karen Starr have been working together in the public eye to promote this stuff and do some charity work. And so we get some great scenes between Batman and Power Girl. The government, the NSA has sent a security liaison to kind of track them and watch them. Power Girl is really upset about it. She's like, why are you following me around? You don't. We don't need this. We don't need your help. We don't need your security, blah, blah, blah. And Batman basically says, look, your company is dealing with like crazy science stuff. Yeah. And they don't know that you're a superhero. Yeah. And so, like, you are a shaved head away from being Lex Luthor. (laughs) They are going to watch you. (laughs) Winnick does a great job of showing the frustration that Rahan feels as a, quote-unquote, guest of the American government. He's being held in a facility. A detention center, like a Guantanamo Bay type. Sort of, yeah. He used his meta powers to save the plane, and, of course, they made it made it look like he was causing the crash because Power Girl shows up at the last minute to catch it. Uh, so because of that coincidence, he gets accused of being the problem rather than the solution. And so they're detaining him and he is playing along. You know, he's a good man. He's trying to do what's right. And he's just confident that the, the truth will present. Yeah, itself. his innocence will come to light. And, you know, six months later, he's starting. The cracks are starting to show, you know, because he obviously has nothing new to tell them. And because they think he's being uncooperative, he's not able to see his dad and all this his kind of father stuff. is dying of cancer. Yeah. And so he's reaching his breaking point. And I'm really interested to see the resolution, you know. And like I assume – I'm assuming I don't know, but that the truth of his innocence will come out. But will he be free? Mm. You know, even, even if he – even if his innocence is proven, this is he what, broke out of prison. This is what Judd Winnick's really good at, is presenting us a human side to a villain that is not necessarily a well, bad guy. And he's not even a villain. Yeah, he's uh, – It's don't, totally mistaken identity. Yeah, it's a really interesting take on this. 
And yeah, it's compelling I even like, stuff. I even like the character as from the point of view where he has powers, but he's never used them before. Because he, he knows, knows how it would be perceived. Yeah, he knows he's got them, but he doesn't want to be a hero. He yeah. just wants to be a guy. You know, he, and, he was scared of what would happen if he used his powers. And in the heat of the moment, he did the right thing and was punished yeah, for not it. Not a lot of Middle Eastern DCU superheroes, is there? Not many. Can no. you name one? Uh, there is a character... Uh, that actually Chris Roberson is putting into the next couple issues of Superman. That doesn't count. Uh, no, he established. Established. No, he he was first introduced in the nineties. His name was Sinbad. Oh God! Uh, and he was a little <laughs> kid, and now he's older. And Chris Roberson is bringing him back with a different name. Uh. But yeah, this is really compelling stuff. Like this could go either way. He might go free. He might go too far, yeah. and they might be forced to put him down. I don't know. Great, great fill-in art by Presetia. Uh, Sammy Basri, the regular artist, is amazing. Yeah, this, this guy, per, this Presidio was really yeah, good, he really does, well colored too. Yeah, the, he does a great job of keeping that same tone that Basri set while maintaining his own style, and I really, really enjoyed it. People gushed over the original creative team of Paul Miotti, Gray, and Amanda Connor, but for me, this book really hit its stride when Winnick took over. It was great as a tie-in to Justice League Generation Lost, and I was a little worried that it would lose a step when that story ended. It didn't. Uh, This is one of DC's best books, and it is a great example of a strong book with a female lead. And that is something that is kind of rare in mainstream comics. This is one you need to tell your friends about, really, because Power Girl has been on the verge of going away for a long time now because of low sales. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I understand sometimes you wait for the trade, but this book will not survive if you wait for the trade. Yeah. This is a wonderful book, one of DC's best, buy it. Now, it'll be interesting to see if this one gets relaunched with everything else. Speaking of the rumored relaunch, we don't know, but this isn't a book that I read from day one. I read a few issues of it. It wasn't bad. I just had too much other stuff to read. Uh, In just grabbing this one off the stands and reading it, it was a great read. I really enjoyed it. It makes me want to go back and read the other Winnick stuff. I would start with Winnick. Like the Palmiotti Gray stuff is is good and fun, but when Winnick came on, it It just took a turn. It sounds like he tied it a little more into the DCU. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, but I give this book a strong buy it as well. Awesome. So, Matt Baum, Alpha Flight, huh? Yeah. I took some heat on uh, Twitter this week from some peeps. (laughs) I I think they were just trying to call me out, like just taking (laughs) shots for no reason. Tell us what you thought about Alpha Flight 0.1. Alpha Flight 0.1, (laughs) written by Greg Pak and Fred Vedlinti. This was supposed to be the best week of my life. I'm sorry. Uh, Art by Ben Oliver, cover by Phil Jimenez. Alpha Flight is Canada's premier super team, and they're back in what Marvel was billing a Fear Itself tie-in, but it sure didn't read like one. We know that during Chaos War, many heroes were mystically returned to life, and lucky me, Alpha Flight was amongst them, which is good, because last time we saw Puck, he was in hell in the pages of Jason Aaron's Wolverine, which still hasn't been explained to me. No Puck here, but I'm sure he'll be coming soon. Here we see Alpha Flight dealing with a terrorist in an adamantium suit who's trying to expose a politician running for Canadian office as part of the new Unity Party. Working with the terrorist is ex-member of Beta Flight, which I'm shocked that they whipped out, and daughter of the Purple Man... (laughs) purple girl who shares her father's mind control powers this is another one of marvel's point one issues which were supposed to be jumping on points for new fans imagine if you will you are a new <laughs> fan who's never experienced alpha flight canada's i i don't have to imagine team. it i'm living it <laughs> and you picked up this issue you would be lost it, th- this is another bad example of how this could have been handled there's a perfect chance to show us the team is back from the dead 
They're not really sure what to do with their lives, and they come back together as Alpha Flight. Readjusting. Readjusting, but we don't get that at all. No. We get Dr. Two Young Men, Shaman, like, in the operating room immediately. Yeah, they're, just, they're just back. Yeah, we get Heather and James discussing how they lost their daughter years ago, and they're both wearing the, you know, the Vindicator and the, uh, the Guardian outfit. You know, I mean, they just kind of thrust Alpha Flight right back in there, and we get this throwaway issue where they fight a throwaway supervillain, and they reintroduce the purple girl from Beta Flight, who nobody remembers but me, and I understand that. This felt rushed from start <laughs> to finish. This is a, just another bad point one issue that Marvel put out. It had nothing to do with Fear Itself. Now, to be fair, it may have been solicited in previews as Fear Itself, but it was not labeled that like it's not it wasn't wearing the no fear it itself. didn't have a fear itself banner on the front yeah. but it was solicited that way so. and which makes me wonder how quickly they threw this one together because it doesn't have the regular series artist they've got a great cover by Phil Jimenez Ben Oliver does really good work here although I hate the way he draws Sasquatch <laughs> that is not my Sasquatch you like your I like him to look like an ape with no neck you know like that's <laughs> that's how he's been drawn forever ape face no neck giant hands and shoulders that's my Sasquatch you said, this one looks like a were squirrel or something. I don't know. It just <laughs> doesn't look like Sasquatch to me. And also, no box, no puck here. You know, I mean, boxes in the X Men. I know, but you really don't think he's going to come back? Come no, on, no, I don't. I do. You've got to get box back, and I want the old brown armor too. Okay. No, no, not the old Listen brown armor. To I want the big cantankerous like silver armor where you had the like rounded head. Even the main characters in Alpha Flight are obscure. You think box? Has to come back. He has to come back. He's not an X Man. <laughs> Give me a break. He could do both. North Star is going to do both. Anyway, he has super. There were a few characterization issues I had, but I understand we need to update these characters a little bit. They weren't the best written characters in the past. They were all very atypically Canadian. Like Snowbird <laughs> turns into Canadian animals, and Shaman is a North American Indian that's always doing Shaman stuff. I mean, they're they're updating it a little bit, and I'm okay with that. Now, that said, there's a scene where the purple girl assembles a giant made of human beings that she, like, uses her mind control, and they all form And makes into, them crawl a, on each other. Yeah, they crawl on each other and form a giant person, and it was just so dumb. Yeah. It was so dumb. It and was. somehow the guy on the bottom of the feet is okay after they're defeated, even though he <laughs> had, like... 800 pounds of people that he was holding up or whatever. 800 pounds? Yeah, maybe more. That thing was like hundreds of people. (laughs) Yeah, just really dumb. I mean, all in all, I didn't hate this issue, and that's me apologizing for Alpha Flight. I can only give this a skim it, though. And for me, as someone who's not super familiar with Alpha Flight, who doesn't know the histories of these characters, who only knows them from their appearances in other books, I have to give this a leave it because I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. This this jumping on point, quote-unquote, was like coming in in mid story, referencing character points that all the have point not- one issues were like this though. I mean, like there were some that were good reads, but not good jumping on points but, for someone who doesn't I mean, know what's going on. The the last real Alpha Flight series that starred these characters ended fifteen years ago, and we're talking about Guardian and Vindicator's kid, yeah, and uh, you know that sort of thing. And we're just supposed to know Beta Flight. Like, why would we know this? I'm the only one that does. Yeah. and uh, Me and John Byrne. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the character, like, Marina ending up as a snarky, like, girl full of attitude. But they never really developed Marina before. She was Uh just... uh, Yeah, I remember Marina in the Avengers, and she was super quiet, and then became a monster. (laughs) I I gotta give us a leave it. Sorry, Matt. No, don't be sorry. (laughs) 
cymbal grabs and wailing guitar like that can only mean one thing. It's time for the two-headed nerd to review ten comics at light speed. No, light speed is too slow, Joe. We need ludicrous speed. Ludicrous speed, go! Batman, Gates of Gotham, number one. Uh, I really like this one. I still question why it couldn't be just a regular detective story, but if they're gonna reboot everything, I guess we gotta <laughs> smash right. this in now. Um, I like the art sometimes, and wasn't crazy about it other times. Still, buy it. Astonishing X Men, thirty-eight. Uh, this is a fill-in interrupting the main story by Christos Gage and Juan Bobillo, uh, former artist of Dan Slot She-Hulk, and it is amazing. Kitty Pride and Lockheed kiss and make up. They don't kiss, that's gross. Yeah, But reality. it's the return of the brood. The art is fantastic, and Christos Gage is so much better than Daniel Way by it. <laughs> uh, Zeke Deadwood, Zombie Lawman, number one. Yeah, you know, it's a number one slave labor graphic. I feel like they're trying to appeal to sort of like the mall goth crowd. And this one works there. It's not maybe a little more for little boys who paint their fingernails more than little girls who paint their fingernails. <laughs> uh, skim it, you know. It Snake was Eyes. I liked it. Yeah, it, was it was cute. cute. It was who knows if we'll ever see another one. Yeah. Snake Eyes, number one. Um... See last week's lightning round review. I'm sorry, ludicrous speed round review of GI Joe number one. It's exactly the same book. Chuck Dixon. Uh, it's mediocre. Skim it if you like GI Joe. <laughs> wow, committal there. And uh, Look at you. Rocketeer Adventures number one. I loved it. I loved it. It was so good. The art was great. The stories were fun. They did the 40s throwback. Thing. Now, I will say, you can only do this so many times, and I would like to see a full-on Rocketeer comic. Like an actual series. Yeah. I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm really looking forward to reading it. Strong bio. IDW, good job. Zatanna, 13. Paul Dini's Zatanna is kind of up and down for me. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so yeah, good. I can't decide if I love it or not. This issue was amazing. Jamal Eigel did the art. Uh, I just, I don't know. It was firing on all cylinders. This is a good book. At least for this one, buy it. Star Wars Jedi, number one. Every once in a while, I pick up a Star Wars book just to see if you know there's any spark there. Uh, the best part of those piece of crap episodes one, two, and three movies, well, I guess episode one only, was Qui-Gon Jinn. This is a Qui-Gon Jinn story. Actually, kind of a fun read, good art, buy it. But doesn't make up for George Lucas putting his hands up Star Wars skirt and ruining everything. <laughs> Last Mortal, number one. Uh, another image, number one, this time from Top Cow and the long-lost Minotaur imprint. Yeah, they got it back. Uh... Decent art. Uh, it's about a small-time criminal who finds out he can't die. Interesting. Uh, black and white, which is a little strange, I guess. And Top Cow branching out of their powder puff, you know, kind yeah, of boots. Yeah, yeah. Um, I give it a skim it just because, you know, I understand it's hard to pick up an indie book without at least checking it out first. So, But, yeah, this one was fun. X-Men Giant Size Number 1. Or Giant Size X-Men Number 1. Yeah, I mean, way to confuse everybody that's reading <laughs> X-Men. I don't... A lot of people didn't know that this fits directly into the X-Men title, and, I, and at 48 pages, I don't know if giant size is the right name for this one. That said... Husky size X-Men, number one. <laughs> <laughs> this was a great intro to this first-to-last storyline. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. The art was great. I and, liked it. Yeah, and I wish the X-Men would focus more on sort of this examining the X-Men's past. Because right now, the book, I don't think it really even knows what it's doing. Uh, this should have been just a regular issue, This though. should have been just a regular issue of X-Men. But you need it if you're reading it, so... So buy it. Avengers, 13. Uh, really interesting Fear Itself tie-in. It's mostly a Talking Heads issue, and that's what Bendis does best. Uh, great Chris Bacalo, Bacalo, Bacalo art. Bacalolo! <laughs> um, I really, really enjoyed it. Buy it. Fuck. That is your lightning round. 
those of you might remember, Am Nocenti's Daredevil. Every time he, like, punched somebody square the nose. Vok! <laughs> I love it. Now let's take a look at some comics we're excited about for next week. Joe, in the event that you're not swept away back to heaven in the rapture that happens today at 6 o'clock Eastern time, what will you be reading next week? <laughs> uh, you know, I know I've been kind of down in the last couple of G.I. Joe relaunches, but... Cobra number one from IDW. You I give you a plus no, for, keep, for keeping this it This is the goods. This like, is the good one. I, to be perfectly fair, I have given each book an equal opportunity, and uh, <laughs> two out of the three were not really worth continuing. <laughs> but G.I. Joe Cobra is far and away the best. This is the one by Costa and Fuso. Mike Costa and Antonio Fuso. It's being rebranded. It's just called Cobra number one. And uh, it's part of the Civil War thing that's going on. I can't wait for this. Every time this book comes out, I'm super stoked. Well, if I'm not busy fighting the Seven-Headed Dragon in the end times next week, I am going to be reading Planet of the Apes number two from Boom (laughs) by Daryl Gregory and Carlos Magno because this one was so fun. It was great. I missed it. That first issue was a blast, and it ties right into the old Planet of the Apes continuity. I really enjoyed it. And a couple guys that are local listen to the show picked it up. And they told me as well, they also really enjoy it. You're welcome. Yeah. There you go. Send us free stuff. Boom. (laughs) Remember required reading? Yeah. Well, that was for suckers. And uh, DJ over here hated that title anyway. So now we'd like to welcome you vibrating junkies to a segment we like to call Comic Pushers. We're your mommies. We're your daddies. We're those nerds in the alley. We're your pusher men. (laughs) This week, Matt's very own beautiful baby cousin, Chris Kelly, writes the comic pushers via email. I'm a huge fan of the Alien trilogy, not the fourth one. That one was garbage. Garbage written by Joss Whedon, who is directing your Avengers movie. They can't all be winners. (laughs) I've always been interested in checking out some of the Dark Horse Alien comics. Are there any you would recommend? This is a great question. Yeah, and I have absolutely nothing to say because I have not read any Dark Horse Alien comics. Alien comics are way too scary for Dainty Joe. I did read Green Lantern versus Aliens. Now, okay, there was a horde of Batman versus Aliens, Superman versus Aliens. I believe there was a Superman, Aliens, Terminator, Predator. There are so many different, yeah. Go ahead and skip all of them. (laughs) Feel free to skip all of those. Uh, now, the first Batman versus Predator is pretty cool, but that's not what we're talking about. We don't need to do it. it I just It's not a universe I need to cross over into. Dark Horse recently relaunched both their Aliens and Predator books. The The Predator book I didn't so much care for, but the Aliens one, More Than Human by John Arcudi and Zach Howard, was pretty good. You know what? Yeah, and I did actually read this one. Yeah, it was fun. And they, I mean, they, they brought back the, the classic feel. It's very sci-fi. It takes place in space. They're not trying to cross over into the whole, like, Aliens, Predator, War, Aliens versus Predator, Death, Aliens versus Predator, End of the World, Rapture, you know, Aliens whatever. versus Predator <laughs> yeah. versus Darkness versus Witchblade. They're going back to just straight up Aliens comics. And they did a really nice job on it. And it's only a four-issue miniseries. It's available in trade for 15 bucks. Definitely worth checking out. If you want to dig into some of the older 80s and 90s stuff, and there was a horde of these miniseries, like... More than 40, I think. I don't believe any of them are in print right now outside of the Aliens omnibuses that are being published by Dark Horse that collect all of them. And these are great books. They're they're not as big as I'd like them to be, but I understand they're trying to pack a bunch of comics into one punch. I think the omnibuses are around twenty four ninety five each. Yeah, I mean, you pack them in much thicker, and they'll be more expensive. Right, and it's they're up to omnibus number two, and this is everything back from the 90s. Not all of it was great. 
But again, a lot of the really good stuff was handled by John Arcudi, who writes BPRD, amongst mm-hmm. some other great Dark Horse stuff. There was a lot of great artists that worked on this stuff. Kyle Hotz notably wrote some of or drew some of my favorites. And they're they're a fun read. They're quick reads, but they're fun and very affordable. I would highly recommend looking into the Aliens omnibus. If you're fiending for a comic fix, you can always contact the comic pushers via email at twoheadednerd at gmail.com or shoot us a message on Facebook. Next week, get ready for yet another new segment. We're calling it Take a Look, It's in a Book, where we leave 22-page territory to review an entire trade paperback. If you want to read along, we'll be discussing the first Atomic Robo trade from Red 5 Comics. Fun stuff, folks. Make sure to tune in. Sort of break it it down like this. That's it for the Two-Headed Nerd comic cast this week, and maybe forever. In the event that the rapture does not take place at 6 p.m. Eastern time today, and Dainty Joe is not swept away from me, leaving (laughs) me to fight to survive on the burnt-out husk of the planet, we will be back, and as always, you should check us out on iTunes, where your star ratings and reviews might be the only thing that gets me past St. Peter at the gate. <laughs> As always, you can find all things Two-Headed and Nerdy at TwoHeadedNerd.com, where you can find our Twitter handles and links to our buddies' nerdy projects, like the Pull List podcast hosted by uh, my buddies Craig, Jeremy, and now they've got a mat of their own. Oh, what are they trying to pull? Man. Bringing in their own mat. <laughs> you can also submit your Ask a Nerd questions or beg the pushermen for a prescription. If that's not enough for you, head over to our Facebook page where you can become a fan of THN and answer the question of the week. This week's query, what will you do if DC relaunches their entire line? Are you in or out on this Are you going to light all your DC comics on fire in your backyard? Dance around them nude until they lose their power? Creepy. (laughs) Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes out to Aaron Myers, who likes every single thing that we put on Facebook, no matter I, what it is. I think he might be our biggest fan. I'm going to try some experiments, like a two-headed nerd's dog guy. He's going to be like, Aaron Myers likes this. <laughs> then we'll know for sure. Thanks for listening, Aaron. We love you. Until next time, true believers, if there is one, this is the two-headed nerd. Signing out. Elalequa. I'm the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, I'm funky like a monkey, sky's the limit and space is the place. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out, yeah.